Hello, my name is Ian Smith. I'm a stand-up comedian. I'm doing my debut show at the Fringe this year called Anything. I love cakes. I'm going to go and get one after I've recorded this interview. Um, I can fit in my fridge. And you can follow me on Twitter at Ian Smith Comedy. Or you can like me on Facebook somehow. But I'm not really sure how you go about doing that. And my website hasn't been made yet. But there's that to look forward to, I suppose. Um, yeah, so have a listen, please. So, Ian, how did you get into comedy? I used to perform sketch comedy with two friends in a sketch group called Best Before Yesterday, which was my idea, which was <laughs> supposed to be a joke about how you don't want a sell-by date to be expired. So that was that. And, um, yeah, we filmed sketches... And then we had to go to different universities, so I was left alone, so I thought I should do comedy by myself. That's the only reason. So what was your first gig like as part of the sketch group? Um, We only did, we did two gigs ever as a sketch group, but we just, we spent like three months working on sketches and then put on like a show at our local theatre, like half an hour of sketches and a half an hour play. And they went well, but... I mean, it was largely family and friends, so it was like an easy crowd. And then what was your first gig like in terms of doing stand-up? Um, well, I, I, had like a, I had like a good first gig, so I, I went into it thinking like, oh, this is easy. Um, and it wasn't. I, I did five minutes of material about how my dad doesn't like to open the door when someone knocks because he thinks it's going to be sales salespeople. Um, and um, that's all I had, and it was a ten-minute slot. So I improvised the last five minutes. I can't remember what I said, but it was about March the Penguins. Where was the gig? Um, the basement bar in York. It used to be the other side comedy club run by Dan Atkinson. He gave me my first ever gig. And did you continue to gig around York? Uh, yeah, I had to gig I had to gig up north um, before I, I came to uni. So my parents would drive me to every gig that I that I did because I couldn't drive or anything. So I I think only I notched up about like twenty five gigs, pretty much all of them my mum and dad had to drive and then wait outside for me to come back. So did they come and watch you do stand up a lot? Um did they just wait in the car? Well for the first one they just waited in the car because I didn't want anyone to watch because I thought if I if I die on my ass, I don't want them to like see my dreams getting crushed immediately. Um, so yeah, after a while, they watched like my fifth or sixth gig or something like that, um, which was good. It was fine. And then when you came down to London for university, because you went to Goldsmiths, did you start gigging straight away? Um, yeah, yeah. Because I, I decided to come to London partly because of the uni, but also because I had to. I wanted to do comedy. So I had to be in London, I think. Um, so, yeah, the first gig I did in London was the gong show at the Comedy Store, and um, that was horrible. Um, a disabled man got booed off stage, as soon as he, he was like, um, not not properly disabled, um, but he was doing his best. He had like um, crutches and an eye patch and he could barely walk. And they let him really slowly stumble onto the stage. And as soon as he put his hand on the mic, they booed him off. <laughs> so he had to like really slowly limp off as well. Um, terrible, terrible people in the crowd of those gigs. Um, and I did three minutes 30 and then got booed off. Um, not bad. 
So how did you find the London circuit compared to York? Um, I don't know. Like, um, I used to get really annoyed by... Not really annoyed. When, when people would say things like, um, it's harder in London, um, and it's usually Northern comedians who I met when I was doing open mic gigs who would say, like, uh, oh, if you go down London, people don't want to laugh. They're just like, yeah, they're just like going to a gig. They don't even want to laugh. Like, you know, that stereotype of, like, London crowds. But it's just an excuse for going to London and dying on your ass once. It's just like, I think I just found it exactly the same. I think it's it's fine. There's just more gigs and, but much more comedians. You studied media and communications at Goldsmiths. So did you feel that your degree had an impact at all on your material no no i wish it did because yeah um i'm sort of debating how much the degree is like a waste of time and money um i think it wasn't because i think it's good to keep doing something academic and like keep your brain ticking over rather than just like quit uni or something and just do stand-up because then you just have nothing to talk about i think you're already facing an uphill struggle if you're a young comedian with like little life experience and like relative security in their lives to then just go into comedy it's like your whole life is going to be oh i was coming back from a gig and something funny happened it's like i couldn't give a shit what happened to you when you're coming back from from a gig like um but so i had three years of university and now i've got that life experience of coming back from gigs well whilst you were at university you went to the Chortle Student Comedy Award and you reached the final twice and you also won the Newbury Comedy Festival's competition You Must Be Joking in 2009 and you placed second in Comedy Central's Funniest Student so what's been your experience of comedy competitions? Um, I think they're horrible <laughs> they're terrible they're, they're, really, they're good to do because if you do well in them then they can like put you up a run the ladder or get you noticed but they're just the amount of people who you see utterly soul destroyed <laughs> because of them because like even if you get to the final and when you don't win it everyone's gutted no one or it takes like a special type of person to be able to look at that and go oh, i'm proud of reaching the final most people are just like i can't believe that fucker won like everyone just hates each other you're watching people who in a normal situation would be your friends and hoping they die on their ass like um it's terrible um yeah, they just make you doubt that you can do comedy unless you win it. And I only won one, and it was like a relatively small one. Um, and I think I threatened to kill myself if I didn't win during my set. All all sort of jokingly, but I think delivered with enough <laughs> seriousness to it to maybe spur the judges on. Did you find it hard gigging on the London comedy circuit whilst also trying to keep up with your degree? Uh, yeah, yeah. I... I um, because I think I, I've been in comedy for like six years and that's kind of excluding the few gigs that I did when my parents were driving me around in Yorkshire. But um, yeah, so like in my third year, I, I hardly gigged. I did like one gig a month because I set myself this thing of like, you have to gig at least once a month, otherwise you stopped. But yeah, I, I was really set on trying to get like the best grade that I could, um, all that kind of stuff. So um I didn't like write too much comedy. I was just trying to learn, yeah, learn how to do it a bit and get like the confidence of it. So I think it was a three years after uni where I started getting better and started like the work on the comedy and stuff. But yeah, I think it's difficult because I think I think you have to give you have to give the degree the priority 
almost. Because there's plenty of time to be a comedian. People want to rush it too much, I think. And be like a celebrity when they're 24 or something. I don't want that. <laughs> I say that like I do. I don't. Um, I just, yeah, I just want to be good at it. But yeah, I would would have been annoyed if I had have not given my degree my all. Because then if you stop doing comedy, it's like, what have you got now? <laughs> it's like, you got a third in your um, zoology degree or something like that. Um, zoology. And do you find you get heckled a lot? No, not really. I think I think if you find you get heckled a lot, you've either got some kind of facial disfigurement that needs addressing or your shit because they're the only two like um um yeah if you need to address something like um i know like eric lamper talks about his um his face quite a lot i he's he's not got a bad face at all but you know he um he talks about heckles that he's received and that's because he's got this big sort of toothy gummy grin so he kind of references that um because it's like a release of tension of any preconceptions or whatever. But I think anything other than that, if you're getting heckled a lot, it probably means like, like I, I saw an act um, who wasn't very good. They were like a very new act and they're, they're like mental. And they said like, yeah, so I get a lot of heckles. And it's like, yeah, because you're, because you're terrible, because <laughs> you're really bad. Um, not that they might get good in the future, but um, yeah, I don't get heckled too much. But I enjoy it when I do because it, it's something different to do. It's just like something to um, do other than your material. It's fun. It's fun to like talk to someone because it's like a little battle. Um, yeah, I enjoy it to an extent. I said, I had a stern look on my face when I said to an extent. That's an important note. I was smiling, but then I went into like a furious. To an ex- yeah. I can confirm that. <laughs> Good, yeah. Because, yeah, it's fun to an extent, but then... People start fucking with Ian Smith when he's on stage. They're going to get a, a witty put down. <laughs> I have been threatened a lot. Well, like free. So I don't know how much detail I, I can go into this. But um, I was like really lightheartedly um, getting this um, woman to stop shouting during a gig. And the bloke she was with just started going like, All right, mate, calm down. You're having a fucking breakdown. Like he was, he was a Cockney, um, and um, I started like mocking his Cockney accent, and then I was in the toilet, and heard him and his friend talking about how much they wanted to kick my head in, um, so I was like, I'm gonna stay in this cubicle for a little bit, <laughs> which isn't like the most high status position to be in. I'm like, I'll just stay here, um, yeah, and then um, they were very aggressive, but I escaped that one, and I got some horrific abuse from a girl on Twitter who was on her phone throughout the whole gig. So when she asked when the toilet was, I directed her out into the middle of the road and told her to stay there, which I I think out of context sounds very bad. But um, I think I did it funny-ish, and she was very annoying. And, um, yeah, she sent me three very choice tweets. (laughs) Um, So I I blocked her. (laughs) Just a story about bullying, really, um, on both our parts. Um, yeah, don't get heckled too much. And you've said that Johnny Vegas is one of your inspirations for comedy. What is it about Johnny Vegas that inspires you? 
Um, well, yeah, when when I started out, I think he definitely was. The first year I did Edinburgh, I think it was pretty clear that I was, like, ins- like really into him because um, I would, like, compare gigs and I would compare them on people's tables. I was, like, I would go out into the crowd a bit more and improvise a lot. But, um, yeah, I think I just like comedy as something that's like feels, like, different and personal. Um because you see so much comedy as a comedian I sometimes get a bit bored of something that just feels ordinary not that that can't like be good like I I love a lot of straight stand-ups but um and I think I've gone away from being like inspired by him like I've mellowed a bit but yeah I went through a phase where I was just like I'm gonna go into the crowd and jump on shit and <laughs> swear at people too much um I've kept the swearing, though, but just not on people's tables. Well, in an interview, you described yourself as a depressing comedian. Did I? Yeah. yeah you said that you were like quite a depressing act. Um, it was a com comedy interview. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do you still feel that's the case? Um, I must have been going through like a bad time <laughs> when I gave that interview. Um no, no, I don't think my com the comedy is depressing. Um, I just try and keep it a bit silly. I don't really. I talk about some things that are annoying, but I think they're very like fun the way I talk about them. So I don't think I don't think my comedy is depressing. I think I was probably saying that like I get too annoyed by like comedy or, or something like that. But um, I think the interview was during Edinburgh. Yeah, yeah, if it's during Edinburgh, then I always have, like, a breakdown during Edinburgh. And, like, I don't know. Yeah, that must have been, like, maybe just as the collapse was about to happen. (laughs) Well, speaking of Edinburgh, you've performed there for several years, including BBC Three at the Fringe, but you also performed in 2010 as part of the Lunchtime Club. And in 2011, you performed a show with Rob Beckett, Beckett and Smith. Um, and you've also compared the Big Value Comedy Show late and also late and live. So this year you're going to be doing your debut hour, Anything. What has been your experience of the Edinburgh Festival? I know you say that you usually have a breakdown, but do you genuinely enjoy it? Um, Yeah, yeah. I think um, it usually goes like enjoy the beginning because you're there and um, you're excited and then there's a bit in the middle where I either have a breakdown or get a bit tired of, of gigging, just gigging so much. And then towards the end, I start to realise that I'll miss it because I have to come back to London and maybe not gig as much or in with as nice a crowd kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I, I, I enjoy it. It's just very stressful. Doing like a solo show is, is very stressful um, just because it costs a lot and... Um, and yeah, you're kind of putting yourself out there of like, right, this is what I can do. Because half doing half an hour with someone is just like your 20 minutes set in a club with a little bit more. So it's not easy, but it's like not a massive stretch from what you're doing every day. But this is like the first time when you're having to hold people's attention for a whole hour. Um, but I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> I'm excited. What can audiences expect from your Edinburgh show this year? Um, to have their minds blown their socks blown off yeah yeah um that's going in all my press releases um yeah um they can expect to 
have a real good time listening to me talk about um, some themeless things that get linked somehow. It doesn't sound very good, um, but it, it is. It's all right. Um, the the main the the ending. Um, I like the ending. Um, the beginning's great as well. <laughs> I'm not doing a great job of like selling the show, but um, that's because I'm so relaxed about how good it is. Um, no, but yeah, the ending is um, based on I was voted most likely to become a comedian in my school yearbook, and then. After I did a sitcom that no one saw, um, they asked me to come and do a speech at the school, and I refused politely. And they asked me to send in a video speech, and the video speech I sent in got rejected for being too offensive. So um, I talk about that and show the video. Um, so I like that. Um, Skittles, talk about Skittles as well. <laughs> And you gig all around the country, so how do you feel that different audiences compare? Um, yeah, this is, I think, um, yeah, I kind of don't really think there's a massive, I think it's more like clubs, like how clubs are run and what days of the week they're run, that kind of thing that affects it. Like if you have a Saturday night gig where lots of stags and hens are allowed in, then that's going to be a certain type of gig. But, um there are weekend gigs that are fine. I don't I don't think it's really like a countrywide thing. Um people say that Liverpool is quite difficult. And then I found that like Liverpool audiences are really w- quite witty. You get some pretty good heckles. Um and everyone dresses up like it's like the biggest night of their life. Like um that's the only like thing I've noticed. I just think it's just all just gigs really. They're just all blur into one monotonous thing no they're all yeah I don't think there's I don't I think that's a bit of a myth that there's any change I didn't mean to monotonous I'm only messing it's it's a roller coaster ride of um, of absolute fun so there isn't a particular area of the country that you prefer performing in the most yeah I prefer performing in London because I don't need to get a train I'm sick of trains um I like cars. Sharing a car with some comedians is quite fun. But once you get past like a two-hour there journey, then I just... It becomes a bit monotonous. Yeah, yeah, it becomes monotonous. <laughs> it's going to be the theme. Um, yeah, just London. I just like to gig gig near my house. Call your Edinburgh show Monotony. <laughs> I could do, yeah. Um, I don't think it would sell as well. Um, but... Um, I was going to say something about we'll see how it sells <laughs> in the first place. Um, no doubt a lot of people come off the back of Popatron three years ago. <laughs> well, speaking of Popatron, you've also been in lots of other comedy shows on television, including Officially Special, which was recently on Sky. And you're also starring in a new indie film called Jolene. So do you prefer performing on stage or on screen? Um, yes, I I like acting. But um, <laughs> this is like, I like acting, but I also <laughs> like doing stand up. No, I, I, I prefer I prefer stand up. Um, but I, I mean, I shouldn't shoot myself in the foot. I'll do anything, really. Um, um, yeah, I think I'm a stand up comedian. That's what I want to be and don't ever want to stop 
doing if I can and if I had the opportunity to always carry on doing new things with stand up then I would but yeah I really I really enjoy acting like especially com- comedy acting like um yeah it's just it's just very fun and um I think I, I always I still really really want to write like a really good like sitcom or like a pilot or or a short or, or something um yeah but it's just a lot of fun it's completely different and um I especially found it really difficult at first doing things like castings and filming because you don't get like the immediate response that you get with stand up so you have no idea how you've done um which I think is weird for a stand up because you want someone to like laugh at you and go ha 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 yeah very good like you, you need like that sort of compliment all the time um so filming feels a bit stranger but yeah it's a lot of fun and it's just something to do it takes up so much time it's great it just gives you something to do like Poppatron was like seven or eight weeks and it's just like seven or eight weeks of doing something which is nice because otherwise I'm just in my room writing writing jokes <laughs> which is a bit monotonous <laughs> no it's a lot of fun <laughs> Apart from uh, doing stand-up at gigs, you also MC a lot of gigs. A lot of people find MCing quite tricky in comparison to just going on stage and doing a set. So what advice would you give to people in terms of MCing? Um, I think you just you have to do it and then you get better at it. Because I, I just started MCing gigs because I felt like um, I wasn't very good at improvising or talking to the audience. So if I do that, then I'll get better at that. Um, so yeah I think you just need to because I think you can almost get away with when you're starting emceeing of the basic thing that you need to do is make the gig ideally you'd be funny but you just need to get the gig in a nice position for the acts coming on so as long as you're just like genuine and likeable I think you have to be likeable and if you are going to talk to people if a laugh doesn't come out of it I think as long as like the room isn't going against you it's fine to just practice talking to people and try and be funny how you would with your friends like um but yeah just give it a go and then see what happens um i was awful when i did like my first few i borderline run the gigs into the ground for the acts to then like rebuild and then i'd come back on and like i was terrible really terrible and one laugh from an audience member and I would like latch onto that for the rest of the gig. I'd just be like, right, that guy, that guy, we've got to like take the piss out of that guy. It was terrible. But you get you get better. So you, you've got to be awful before you, you can be good, really. And do you have a favourite type of venue that you prefer performing in? Boat. <laughs> yeah, no, I like, um, I like the boat show in London just because it's on a boat. It's like, it shouldn't be, shouldn't be happening. Like, I think... All the audiences there have a slight giddiness of like, we're on a fucking boat on a Saturday night watching some comedy. Um, yeah, so just boats or there isn't a lot of them, but gigs. Um, boats or places with low ceilings. Cellars. Cellars are good. Um, downstairs at the King's Head is not necessarily a cellar, but it's somewhere that you you would be sus- you you wouldn't be happy if someone didn't tell you they had it in a house like if you went down and was like oh you've got a purpose built comedy club around here that doesn't really make sense it's mean it looks dingy enough to be a suspicious room in a house that's a good sign <laughs> that's a terrible answer to the question it's a great club 
And you were saying how audiences in Liverpool are quite witty. Do you have a favourite type of audience? Um, no, just just people who people who have come to see comedy. Like you can you can have like a nice gig anywhere, but I think it's it's difficult to have a nice gig when there's just a lot of parties, stags and hens, where the comedy is like an afterthought to them getting pissed and talking to their friends. Um, and there's kind of like a good intention behind them going to comedy, but it's just not their biggest concern, which you kind of understand, but it's just horrible for the, the act. So, yeah, just anyone who's gone there for comedy. Um, but fringe audiences, I, I think, I've found just seem to be the best because they're just like comedy literate. I go see a lot of comedy, so you can do something a bit different and you've got more chance of people going with it. Um yeah. You were saying that you enjoy doing lots of TV work because it's something to do. Otherwise, you'd just be sitting in your room writing jokes. So when you are sitting in your room writing jokes, do you have a specific process that you go about writing your material? Um, yeah, I, I, I get my pad out. I look at it and I can't do anything. And then I play FIFA for three hours. And then I get angry with myself. And then I go to a cafe have a cake and then come back home <laughs> that's like I'm a really bad writer not well I think that's maybe unfair I it's very I find it very difficult to be in my room writing because you have so many distractions and I love FIFA and that's in the house and no one else is in my house during the day so I can just I don't have anyone to to really talk to um and go through things with so you just end up it's so much easier to like watch a season of Breaking Bad or Gossip Girl, um, then write. So yeah, what I'm what I'm doing now is just going out to cafes and like eating cake and writing there. Um, so like gradually putting on weight, but gradually like getting more material. And do you have any tips or advice for aspiring comedians? Um, I don't know. I think like um, I think advice is very hard to give out which is one of the themes in ian smith anything on the fringe this year um um but yeah i i think you have to pretty much ignore a lot of the advice people give you because everyone has like a really strong opinion and sometimes they, they don't really suit you um so i think the only bits of advice i think seem to work across the board are i think you should do what you think is funny don't write thinking, oh, what were these guys like? You've got to like what you're doing as well. And to just try and be a bit different. Not in terms of, like, you've got to be, um, like, someone like uh, Dr. Brown, who, like, mime-based comedy, who, like, is great, but is clearly very, very different. But you just do something a bit different, something that makes you stand out. Or just try and be yourself. I think besides that, and gig as much as you can and write as much as you can, there's like, you just got to do it and see if you're any good at it, I suppose. Like, I don't even know if I am yet. <laughs> I'm still trying. And do you have any tips or advice for students? Oh, what, for like general student life? Um, talk to people, make friends. <laughs> Um, eat healthily. Um, try have a portion of veg with every meal. 
Um, don't get into cults. That's what we were warned before university as um, college said that people go around and really prey on kids to join religious cults at uni because it's when you're, you're most vulnerable um, when you're joining education, apparently. Um, so don't, don't do that. They're all largely silly, really. Um, work hard. Do your essays. Most of all, just have fun. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I I talk about a bit in my show that I just like. I don't feel like I can give advice to anyone because I just I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I don't know what what I'm what's happening or what um yeah I um I think I do. I play FIFA too much and eat only cakes too much to give advice to anyone. I will sometimes. I can't remember the last time I had a vegetable. <laughs> I um I went to the Tesco's recently with my with my friend and I bought some um some like foam sweets. You know like it's a mixture of a sweet and a um some um, an angel cake and a bar of chocolate. And that's like that's my dinner. I not all of it, but I I just I don't I can't give people advice. I lead a terrible life. Um I I can fit in my fridge. I got in my fridge recently um, with my mates. Not all of them in, in the same fridge. Um, but yeah, I think when you're sat in your fridge, you think to yourself, I can't really lecture anyone on anything. I'm cold and I'm in my fridge. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I think after this Edinburgh, my plan is to um, to concentrate on Edinburgh this year. This year. And then have a two-week period where I just reflect on my life and think, okay, because this is this is going off on one a bit, but um, yeah, because this Edinburgh is like all my all my best stuff I think that I've done so far, hopefully written together and and structured and linked. But after that, it will be all like next year will be all new stuff. So I kind of need to um give myself like a direction of. Am I going to try and write about like a thing or a theme or something? So I think in a year's time, I might have more opinions on the world that I can say to people. Um, but at the minute, um, yeah, I think the main advice to students is just to go out and have, have a couple of bevies and just chill out, mate. 